Hi, I'm Brady Breeze, safety for the Detroit Lions, and you're listening to The Only Playbook. What's up, Only Playbook fans? We're back for another episode, episode 43, where we recap the conference championship round, two football games. Um, you know, 50% of the people probably were happy, 50% probably sad. That's the way these things go. You know, you just worked all fucking year to get to this stage, to get to the promised land, and then it all's for naught. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. One out of every 32 teams win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Two out of every 32 teams get to the Super Bowl. I see so. you trying to redeem yourself in the math stage yeah. from earlier. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough road to the Super Bowl. Everything has to go right. You got to get lucky. And, um, yeah, and, and these two teams. Yeah, that's the biggest thing that, that's the biggest thing that's different from this sport versus basketball and baseball. And I think that's what we love so much about NFL what's, and football. What's the difference? Win or go home. There's oh. no best of seven. There's oh, no yeah. best of five. One game, you got to fucking show up. And if you don't, like, it's over for you, you know? Tom Brady. Ask Tom Brady in the 18 or 19-0 and 0 Patriots. Yes. One game. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, one game. You know, that's all it Patrick takes. Mahomes, one, one game. game. Exactly. So it, it was wild. Obviously, we're the only playbook. I'm Sweetcar, got Shashot, Shovit. We are going to talk all of this out. How are you guys feeling after the conclusion of this weekend? It's been fun, man. It's kind of been like the theme of this year. It's just been such an exciting year. And who would have thought the Cincinnati Bengals since 1988 uh, make their way to... Who was the president in 1988? Ronald Reagan. Damn. <laughs> How the hell did you know that so quickly? You weren't even born then. Yeah, a gallon of milk, gallon of milk was two thirty, and an egg was $0.98 <laughs> cents per dozen. Per dozen. Uh, those are your random 1988 facts for all of you <laughs> history buffs out there. But um, yeah, dude, I mean, who would have thought, right? Who would have thought? Like, I was just talking to you guys about this while we were watching this. Week one, when our Vikings lost to these same Bengals, we were like, oh, dude, this is what a piss poor start to the year. Like we all chalked that up as a victory when we were predicting that game. And I mean, 18, 19, 20, 21 weeks later, I mean, God, that's kind of come full circle. So um, obviously we're going to unpack all that. If you guys have enjoyed our content thus far, we're everywhere. We talk about this all the time. Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, at The Only Playbook. At, on Twitter, it's at Only Playbook. And then everywhere, YouTube, Spotify, Google, Apple, and Anchor, at The Only Playbook. Uh, check us out. Like, subscribe, retweet, tweet whatever, interact, dislike, if there's a button for that, uh, tell your friends. Um, and all of that engagement just means that this podcast gets to spread to a wider array of folks. So if you enjoy it, there might be a good chance other people will enjoy it as well. So um, hopefully that continues to happen. Let's do our due diligence and jump into these games. From 31 yards, McPherson. And Cincinnati is heading to the Super Bowl. Tony Romo obviously probably predicted that whole scenario, but like we talked about, the first game on the board, Cincinnati traveled to Arrowhead to take on Patrick Mahomes and the insurmountable Chiefs, right? Vegas loved Kansas City here. Seven-point favorites at home, over under 54.5, expecting a ton of points. Um, and obviously, the Bengals coming in, a young team, unproven. This is the best they've done in a really long time. Um, they do end up winning this game. Obviously, we'll talk more about this, but 27-24 final game goes to overtime. The kicker becomes the hero once again. Cincinnati covers the seven-point spread under 54.5 hits. Um, holy shit. I mean, <laughs> I should, I'm just going back to our reactions during the game as the game was unfolding, and I think it was just one of those things where every single time something was happening, um, 
in the first half, it was like, okay, this is exactly what we expected. And then every single time something was happening in the second half, this was not at all what we expected, right? A tale of two halves. What'd you guys see here? Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, what I saw was the Chiefs shit the bed. Like, they basically just did not show up in the second half. When you're watching the first half of the game, they're running the ball. Patrick Mahomes gets three touchdowns. They're up 21-3. to You think that this game is going to be over. How in the world are the Bengals going to come back and compete with the Kansas City Chiefs? But, you know, uh, less on the Cincinnati Bengals for me, more on the Bengals just fucking up. And, Chiefs fucking I up. I mean, the Chiefs <laughs> fucking up and not able to score points. When you only scored three points in the second half, I, you know, and it, it kind of started whenever it was the end uh, almost the end of the second half um, first half first half wow just messing up all over the place <laughs> it's all good. with like 14 seconds in raining yeah. um and uh they call a play where patrick mahomes gives it to tyreek hill and ayush was sitting there saying what a momentum shift like that's good that's insane and i'm thinking they're still down 21-3 how's this a momentum shift yeah. but he was right because yeah. after that the chiefs were not able to do anything one of the biggest biggest hurdles of the Cincinnati Bengals was the sacks that they were allowing. Only one sack allowed, um, and Burrow um, just not you know not getting sacked. And on the other side, um, Bengals sacking and making sure that Mahomes is down and not able to extend plays like he was doing in the first half. And that's kind of what boiled down to the the win at the end. Yeah, the thing about these uh, playmaking quarterbacks is they rely on that solely after a while. Like, look at the uh, Russell Westbrooks, or sorry, uh, Russell Wilsons. Look at the Patrick Mahomes. They're elite for that reason, right? That is what separates them from the pocket presence quarterbacks. And what's crazy is that is also Mahomes' Achilles heel, if you think about it. Last year in the Super Bowl, that's literally what happened. He was running around back and forth, back and forth. Nobody else does that but Mahomes, and I think that needs to be adjusted. He did say before early in the season, he's like, you know, I need to be more of a pocket uh, presence guy like Kirk Cousins, like uh, – um, Tom Brady, he said that, and he did that for a long while, but then he, he has this moment where he just reverts into going back to scramble mode. And yes, you can make plays from situations like that, but you, there's so much room for error. There's so much room for things going wrong when you implement that thing. And all yeah. it takes is one play for that to not work, and you have a deep sack, right? And that's basically what happened to the uh, the Chiefs. Um, here's a little stat to, that's very un-Mahomes-like, but... Um, so the Chiefs are 27-2 and two when leading by 10 or more points at halftime, right? Since 2018, uh, including the playoffs. Both of their losses, the two losses, were against the Bengals. Both this season. Oh, wow. Isn't that yeah. crazy? Yeah. So, like, the Bengals definitely are doing something that's freaking out the Chiefs, right? Uh -huh. Like, we figured out, we talked about how you can, this is this may be how you stop the Chiefs, that may be how you stop the Chiefs, but if you, when it all boils down, look at what the Bengals did, and that's, basically contain the quarterback and they're like you know what we'll let you run around yeah you can make those plays if you want but the chances of that hitting every single time is low right it's just low so what the defense you got to give it up to the Bengals defense they literally wore my mvp in this game as much as i love burrow and everything this was on the defense the deep Bengals defense literally carried them in the second half they were like you know what i don't care if it's patrick Mahomes. i don't care if we're at arrowhead they're like we're not gonna let them score and they didn't and that led to patrick Mahomes having a career low 12.3 passer rating in the second half of this game. 12.3. That's pathetic. Is that Mahomes we're talking about? Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. No, one thing we talked about was discipline, and that's what the defensive line did, right? They Their defensive line was, like, very – it was they were spaced so well so that when Mahomes was trying to scramble to the left or right, it would be that same three guys that come in at that same spot 
and making sure that he didn't they can that they contained him mm-hmm. and that's what it kind of boiled down to yeah so i um reading up on some articles yesterday after the game had ended uh i can't remember what his name was but he wrote a really good article about how um basically the reason that the two two wins that the or the two losses the chiefs have in that situation that you had pointed out are against the Bengals both this year this game specifically the whole first half the Bengals' defense was trying to play the same way that all of these other defenses had tried to figure out with the two high safeties, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't you you take all the over over the top stuff away, and you have to let them beat you underneath. And that's where Mahomes, for like the eight last eight weeks now, has been living because mm-hmm. that's what everybody's doing. So that same formula clearly wasn't working, right? He was just carving up that defense, two hundred plus yards, three touchdowns in one half, or something like that. And then what happened was they were like, "Fuck that." We're going to go ahead and adjust now because mm-hmm. at that point you're down 21, three and a half. Yeah. It's a winner go home situation, right? Not adjusting would be stupid. You know, right. like being like too hard, hard headed or set in your ways and be like, no, this is going to work. I mean, th- at that point, it looked like the Chiefs were going to put up like 45 points that game. So what they ended up doing was they went single high and they had the other safety play robber. So he was coming down, uh, coming down the line a little bit more. So basically what was happening in those situations where Mahomes was trying to do his scrambling thing is there was an extra guy that was close enough there that the minute he saw an opportunity, like the minute Mahomes would do like his yeah. turn that way and he would not be seeing what was happening, this guy would just go, right? Mm-hmm. And that happened two or three times. His four sacks were all in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. all in crunch time. Yeah. So basically that adjustment is phenomenal, right? That's just insane because yeah. you know that you're adjusting like that with a guy like Tyreek Hill on the outside that at any point that single high safety just creeps that way, that's a touchdown to Tyreek Hill, right? So comes with a ton of risk, but kudos to them for adjusting, knowing that in the biggest stage, like, you know, it's either adjust or go home, like just continue to get torched. So I thought that was incredible. Um, You're absolutely right. I think that's the feast or famine uh, that is Patrick Mahomes. Obviously we have way more feasting than we have famine, but um, I think you – in, in, in like his outlier scenario, you live with those results, right? Like we talked about time and time again, it's unfortunate. And we talked about how he was so lucky with like the balls going his way the last couple of years where that's kind of regressed to the mean, but, um, the, the touchdown throw to Tyree kill in the first quarter would not have happened. Right. I mean, that was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Yeah. Probably the best catch I've seen Tyree kill make. Um, but that, that, those are some of the things that obviously are the, the, the X factor or the reason why you win. But, uh, one other thing I want to note on the Joe Burrow side, we talked about it. It's not like he had a fantastic game on paper. It doesn't Mm -hmm. look ideal. Like there were throws that were missed. Uh, he had a couple of interceptions on his side that were also dropped as well. Right. So that stat line could have looked very, very different, but I think the biggest difference this game that I saw from Burrow is some of those really, really timely scrambles. Like, and it wasn't like he's so much faster than the defender that it's like, okay, he's got a crease. It's gone. The guy, is literally like on his ass like I feel like he could he was breathing yeah. on him yeah, he shrugged and, yeah and it was just like one of those things where like he was visually looking this way the guy was like right here yeah, he how the hell did he know to do that little thing yeah like how awareness timing he's like that guy's running this Dude, fast I need to get rid of this or do something before he that's me. fucking next level bro because again unlike Mahomes or any other quarterback when you have that crease and you're fast like it doesn't matter where that guy's at you're gonna yeah. beat him but bro you could tell he was using like 150% of his running capabilities and speed and that guy was just like right on his ass so I mean as clutch as it gets like it's just little things like that that I think just kind of fell Cincinnati's way and there's no I'm, I'm not taking anything away from their victory because I think it was phenomenal but like you said early in this segment show it 
it's hard not to look back on this. Up 23, 21-3, you're the best offense in football. Like, you have the best quarterback in football. I mean, it's hard to see this as anything less than a choke on Kansas City's end. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's. I think you, they also played, in terms of coaching, uh, to not favor Patrick Mahomes' tendencies. Because how often do we see him go left instead of right? Like, he's a right-handed quarterback. And if you're trying to scramble to the left, I'm sure if he looks at the tape, he's going to see guys that are open. But when you have that safety in the middle of the field mm-hmm. and when you're already running kind of going the opposite of the direction you're throwing you're gonna have a hard time trying to uh zip it to that guy that's, yeah. that might be open so just playing it to their tendencies helped out for sure yeah um yeah i mean nonetheless it was an insane game i think for all of us to see a team that two years ago two and 14 worst record in the entire league two years later are now in the super bowl i mean it's incredible obviously so many things had to go right for this franchise starting with hitting on a franchise quarterback right i mean that doesn't happen every day number one overall pick uh joe burrow you hit on that you against you know all odds and against the critiques of most people that do what we do and and, and even in greater uh I guess commodity were obviously big on the Bengals for uh, passing up on Penny Sewell and drafting Jamar Chase, right? When you need an offensive line where the reason Burrow got hurt for the entire year was that reason. Mm-hmm. And Jamar Chase, I think we can all sit here and agree, was such an X factor to them this season. Oh, I mean, again, you couldn't have asked for somebody to come in as a rookie and play the way he did. So um, all of those things, I mean, paired with a young coach, paired with like everything that's kind of gone right for them. Um, like it, it's to me, it's like nothing short of like, is this destiny for the yeah. fucking Cincinnati Bengals? I wonder what your guys take is on the uh, take is on this. I was looking at some of the year end um, bets and Mike Vrabel was the favorite to win coach of the year. Mm-hmm. Now that the Bengals are in the Super Bowl, do you put Zach Taylor in that conversation ahead of Mike Vrabel? Or do you think Mike Vrabel should still get that coach of the year? I think coach of the year gets established before the preseason. So anything that happens in preseason. Playoffs, you mean? Sorry, yeah, the playoffs. I don't think... Uh, they say that. Yeah. But how much of that doesn't play a role? You I know? mean, it's hard to not let that bias come in, yeah. like linger in your brain, right? Because yeah. it's subjective because the people voting are yeah. still thinking about like the playoffs. Yeah. Um, like Aaron Rodgers was unanimous yeah. MVP. But then you see his game in the playoffs mm-hmm. at home. Yeah. Did not play like an MVP, right? right? No. So all of that's going to be taken into, into, into consideration, obviously. But in my vote... Because of the way the, you know, the selection process goes, it still goes to Vrabel for that reason. But, you know, if we really did this appropriately, which I think we should, mm-hmm. I hate that whole yeah, stop. Regular because, like, season. Yeah, dude. Because like, what really matters? Yeah. The playoffs. Right? At the end of the day, those coaches are going to be judged on playoff wins and Super right. Bowls right. in like 10 years from and now. Everybody gets judged exactly. on the Exactly. Nobody talks so about nobody cares season. about regular So why is it that important? Yeah. Right? It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. But if, if, if the tides were turned and... If this was the way of evaluating people, the playoff process, then hands down, right? Yeah. Beat the Chiefs twice in one season when they have a total of, you know, five losses, or yeah. now six. But that's just amazing. Yeah. Like the Bengals, like, you know, when I when I watch this game from like a, you know, how I told you guys, like, I don't like to watch games from like the fun of the game perspective. I always like to choose a side because it makes me more hyped, right? Mm-hmm. Personally. So I was like, okay, who's most likely to win this game? It's probably Patrick Mahomes at home, right? You're like, of course he's going to win. And then you see how the coaching was done, the halftime adjustments, which were, as Vikings fans, Mike Zimmer did that a lot. You yeah. know, that's why he stayed for as long as he did because he was like the king of halftime adjustments. And just watching that process, of the, it was a whole different team Dude. playing. So you got to give props to the coach for that. Right. There's a lot of props to the coach. Yeah, and, and I think like you're spot on. I think now recency bias is going to come into play in thinking Zach Taylor deserved it. And I think at the end of the day, 
Um, if Zach Taylor were to win it, none of us would sit here and be upset. But I think based on how they select it, just regular season, nothing else matters. I think it should still go to Vrabel. Just, you know, not only did, like, again, let's forget the fact that the Bengals in the Super Bowl, the Titans were the number one seed in the AFC, a loaded AFC, might I add, now that you think back on it, as, like, a bunch of nobodies. Ryan Tannehill-led squad with no Derrick Henry, right? Right. So that feat in itself, regular season, separate from all this, still deserves Coach of the Year to me. Yeah, I mean... I think that the the Bengals overcame a lot in the like the first half of the game. Like they lost to the Packers, mm-hmm. um, they lost to the Jets, mm-hmm. right, and things like that. But then they really just kind of came around. And you always say that like you when you have a young team, like they're gonna make mistakes, mm-hmm. they're gonna have interceptions. And I think coaching has a lot to do with that. Whenever you're able to rile the guys together and able to you know help them or you know get them to the super bowl so and the turnaround from four and six or two and uh 14 two and 14 to yeah. uh get into the super bowl i mean that's got to be huge but yeah if it's if it's all in regular season then yeah i guess maybe Mike Mike um, i wouldn't be it. upset yeah i wouldn't way. either they both deserve it but yeah. here here's a little fun thing that i kind of just started thinking about this isn't really a young team. If you think about it from like an age perspective, yes, but from an experience perspective, they played it with each other. They won national championships together. Yep. You know, this whole chase thing, mm-hmm. it's 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 surprising to many. Like if, you know, like let's say we watch with our parents or like watch with friends that don't watch football, you know, they're like, that guy's a rookie. But in reality, they've been playing together much longer than, yeah. you know, when you have like a two-year veteran come into a team and playing with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. That's not as special as no. what Burrow and Chase have. And yeah. that changed everything. Yeah. That chemistry, like th- these are the intangibles. These are the non-statistical things that matter. Yep. And Burrow's composure, Burrow's mentality mixed with his chemistry with Chase, yep. like it was bound to be historical. And I did not think they were going to make it this historical. But this it was quickly. bound to be this yeah. quickly. Yeah. Um. Speaking of the playoffs, and so Joe Burrow can get a triple crown yeah. in terms of Heisman, yes, a um national college co- national yeah, national college and championship, and then a Super Bowl championship. Yeah. You know, so you know what drove Joe Burrow kind of reminded me of? It was one of those things where, like, we were watching the whole game, and it's not like he was playing his best football. Like, we've seen Joe Burrow at his best recently. Yeah. Like, he played amazing down the stretch, obviously, in college and everything, right? This game itself, standalone, was not his best performance. But this, to me, was Joe Burrow in a nutshell, right? We saw the coin toss um, in overtime, and we saw, like, they zoomed in on both quarterbacks the minute the toss yeah. was won, right? Because yeah. you could tell Mahomes is like, like, we want the ball, and Joe Burrow was like, oh, like, he's kind of doing the fuck. Like, we might have lost just because we lost the coin toss. And I think the the mindset, the reason we all love Joe Burrow now, and it's, like, so easy to cling to Joe Burrow because not only is he a good football player, but, like, the attitude and demeanor that he brings in. And at this age, because you talk about his success already in LSU, like, he was a Heisman Trophy winner, this guy is, like, the epitome of ice in his veins, right? It's, like, it reminds me, like— he could come into the fourth quarter having thrown three interceptions, and if they get the ball with a chance to win or tie, is there anybody already that would doubt Joe Burrow? Like, I have a hard time thinking that Joe Burrow's not going to come through in that situation. And he, it's crazy because he's only like three years into the league. So it's like, has he, like, what has he done to earn that? But it's like this two moxie, two years in the league. It's like this moxie One that he comes, yeah, with the whole fucking <laughs> yeah, season injury. being hurt. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, how has he deserved that? It's like this thing that you can't teach that you can't quantify that somebody just like has a presence about them right the way they speak the way they act and it's like again it's easy for me to draw comparisons to Kobe always right just because of who he is but it's like the games where Kobe would shoot like six for 25 but get the ball with the game on the line and still hit the game one 
And it's like, dude, yeah. that's exactly what yeah. Joe Burrow reminds right. me of. That that drive where he got two third downs and the first downs with his legs, yep. that sealed it for me. Yep. That seal whatever happens in the Super Bowl, I don't really care. It's he was never supposed to be here, right? Yeah. Like it, to me, it's a bonus because I've never seen anybody do this before. So it's not it's not gonna like surprise me if he loses. But the fact that he is untouchable already, yeah. the fact that his whole team has his back, the, the the fact that he is unwavered, it doesn't matter. He just beat, you know, the number one seed <laughs> Titans, yeah. and now he's beating the number one overall team in the league. Yeah. And it's just still Joe Cool. Yeah. You know, like you don't see him. He's not getting too play. high. No, he's not. And there, there's something that the you know when you want to draft a new quarterback, this is where this is where I think it kind of falters. This is where this like the whole draft process is kind of messed up in this sense because. Now teams are going to start getting those, you know, those poised, you know, quick mind quarterback. They're going to fail a lot by doing that because right. there's not going to be multiple Joe Burrows around. Like this is a one in a lifetime kind of a generational talent that he has. He's just so different than everybody else. You know how we mentioned like Herbert Mahomes or uh, Joe Burrow? Mm-hmm. Well, Herbert's like clear third oh, in that ranking I agree. as of now just yeah. because he hasn't really proven. You know, the Bengals defense not that great either. No. Herbert's defense wasn't great, but th- that difference that Joe Burrow has that Herbert – doesn't have as of yet, mm-hmm. makes all the difference. Yep. Herbert is not compared to Joe Burrow anymore. Herbert's compared to Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. in his second year. Yeah, This is mind-blowing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, and the Steelers are in that division with the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. now, now you're going to know how we felt for yeah, 20 years. Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, it, it's just, it's insane. I mean, and, and what, what a great matchup. Obviously, we'll jump into the next game, but what a great matchup that you have a is it this so second whatever one and a half year uh basically a rookie quarterback right you could make that argument um number one overall pick though going up against another number one overall pick but uh, a veteran from from that sense now so again the storybooks just continue to write themselves and i feel like it's just always there is i'll talk about it more when we talk about the next game but there's nothing i've been alive for 31 years there's nothing as crazy as football. There's nothing. Yeah. Like you, you could present all kinds of shit to me. And, you know, I'm in the medical field. I've seen some weird shit. But, like, there's nothing you can write up as beautiful as NFL football. Yeah. It's crazy. I agree, man. I mean, dude, it's just, it's just so different. And, again, the aspect of how much, like, you play the least amount of games in the regular season compared to all other sports, right? And then again in the playoffs, it's one game. It's not a best of. You can't just be like, you know what, we're gonna we'll just tank on the road because we're already up three one. We'll win it back at home. Like, there's none of that. No. You have to bring it. And if it's not brought, like if you don't have it the second you step on the field for that game, like it's already practically yeah. over. Yeah. You know, like it's just so insane the level of intensity you have to maintain, how lucky you have to be, how everything has to go right, yeah. how like, you know, the dominoes have to fall. You have to have less injuries than other people. Like, you know, just all that shit. That's what makes it so yeah. fucking beautiful. It's, it's the ultimate team sport. Yeah. The ultimate. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, in, incredible, incredible. So kudos to the city of Cincinnati. Again, first time they've been to a Super Bowl since 1988. They have yet to win a Super Bowl, so we get to see another team in the Super Bowl with a chance to win for the first time. I thought about it on the way here. I was like, you know, obviously I want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before I die. That'd be awesome. But how cool would it be that in your entire lifetime you get to witness a Super Bowl by every team? You know, like that that's like a weird bingo card in its in itself because yeah. the the windows that that would have to happen. Obviously there's so many teams that still haven't won yet, yeah. but we could literally scratch off a bingo card of a team yeah. that's never won that we get to witness L- in our let's, lifetime. Let's just hope we're not the last one standing. <laughs> Don't worry, <laughs> the not... Jacksonville Jaguars may be You'll <laughs> never know, you man. Never know, man. <laughs> you never you know. never know. We'll see you next year uh, with a new coach. Yeah. Who knows what Lawrence can do. Yeah. So, kudos Cincinnati, kudos the city of Cincinnati. Uh kudos to all Bengals fans. Again, Joe Cool, everybody. Let's jump into the next game. 
Garoppolo under pressure. Donald got there in the air, intercepted by the Rams, and they may ride to the Super Bowl on that. The LA Rams, back-to-back years, we are going to see a Super Bowl team hosting the Super Bowl in their home stadium. The LA Rams at home here against the 49ers, their Achilles heel, Sean McVay's Achilles heel, and Kyle Shanahan, 0-2 against that team this year. Um, All things pointing against the Rams here at home, even though Vegas has them as 3.5-point favorites, over under 46. Uh, This game went down to the wire. The Rams had to come from behind. A lot of obstacles to overcome that will go into it, but the Rams come away victorious to head into Super Bowl 56 at home for two weeks. They just get to chill at home. I mean, God, that luxury is unmatched. So they win 20 to 17 final. San Francisco does cover the three and a half point spread under 46 hits. Uh, again, Rams in SoFi, the second year back-to-back Tampa Bay last year in Tampa Bay. Like, what the hell is going on? We had that opportunity a couple uh, years ago. <laughs> I know we did. I know. <laughs> we could have been the trendsetters, but no, not the Vikings. Um, holy shit. Talk to me about this game, guys. Yeah, no, this was uh, not as exciting uh, first half as the Chiefs and Bengals game. Um, but, you know, this was a team, two very similar teams playing um, their game. And for me, the Rams uh Players just stepped up, right? Guys like Cooper Cup with two touchdowns over 100 yards and OBJ with uh, over 100 yards. My hit bet of the week hit uh, with the 55 and a half uh, OBJ receiving yards. And uh, in terms of, you know, what went wrong for the for 49ers, they're a big running team. And they run with Debo Samuel. They run with Elijah Mitchell. But the Rams did a great job of the run block or run gap I guess I should say and being able to stop the two elite runners on their team and you know when you when you have to rely on Garoppolo uh, as we saw with the interception late in the game um, I don't you just can't win the you can't win the game with Garoppolo and um, there, there were moments where the 49ers defense was stepping up in the first half and uh, I just want to fast forward to that last uh Almost last drive, yeah, the last drive for the Rams, where 49ers. 40, for the, uh, well, the Rams had the oh. ball, and the 49ers, there was a chance to get an interception by Jaquiski, uh Tart. The ball's just, you know, he, he can, he can, he just has to go. It's up like there. a punt. It's like a punt. It's, it's like coming right. to him like this. Right. Yeah. You just gotta, you know, put two hands on <laughs> it, bring it to your chest, and you catch the ball, and he drops it, and he knows it right then and then. He like falls down to the ground. He's got his hands. He's like laying there for five seconds yeah, because. Yeah. That's really what led like that's you catch that ball you have a, you have a solid chance to go to the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, I don't know. I, I disagree because then you then you can pick at the 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 drive where Cooper Cup dropped a touchdown, where the other guy dropped a touchdown, and then they missed the field goal. So a lot of things went wrong for the Rams too, you know. Um, and then that pick that was with eight minutes left in the game. Like that, there's still eight minutes left to play. Who mm-hmm. knows? And it's still Garoppolo throwing the ball. So like, yeah. my confidence for Garoppolo does not exist. These are like the, the quarterbacks that were playing against each other mm-hmm. was my two quarterbacks that I shat on the most all season long. Like just, you know, Matthew Stafford is doing great. Fantastic. He's kind of adapting to the perfect scenario he's been placed in. Um, but Garoppolo, he's had a much better situation because they're a run first team where the pressure is not on the quarterback. The goal of the opposing team is to stop the run. And he still can't just make that like the last draw, the last two possessions for, uh, um, Garoppolo, he just kind of like he looked like a chicken with his head cut off as far as like making plays. He was throwing the ball on the ground. It was just that's not how you win a game like this. And that was my fear of Garoppolo going into this game: is he clutch? Can he make 
plays with his arm rather than just relying on the play action, this and that. And when it came down to it, you know, I, I don't blame him for that last pick because he was trying to extend the play. I just think that was a dumb decision on third down because you still have a fourth down. You don't want to kind of risk it sure. to, your, to your running back, yeah. a high pass to your running back. That's just bad news. Yeah. So a lot of things went wrong, but I do want to commend the the Rams. You know, they overcame a fourth quarter deficit of 10 or more points to win for the first time since week one of 2013. So they have not been known as a come-from-behind team that late. And also, the Rams became the fifth team in the... Sorry, that's the wrong stat. Uh, the Rams went trailing... Uh, the Rams are 2-23 and when trailing by 10 or more points in the second half under Sean McVay. Okay, 2-23. and Sean McVay has not been coming from behind. He's a big guy. He's a, he's a guy that believes in having the lead at halftime and then just murdering the team here on out. But however, when he is behind... Uh, in the second half, he's 2-23. and 23. Guess who the two wins are against? Well, I don't know who they're against. But th- <laughs> they both came in the NFC Championship game. So when it matters, when the when the most mattering situation comes when you're behind, he's won both of those games. So, you know, it just kind of – these are the things. Like, these are the crazy moments that football provides that when a team just historically has not been able to come from behind – uh, when a team that's run the ball so well gets twenty like twenty something yards from their wide receiver, you know, they just everything just kind of worked out just like how the Rams wanted to work out, even though their receivers were kind of dropping the pass, just screwing left and right. Yeah, it was it was one of those things where it was so apparent the deficiencies in the 49ers offense the minute the run was not working for them, right? Yeah. The minute the run did not work. They were like, holy shit, we have no idea what the hell to do right now because they had chances, like some flashes during that game, like that big throw to Kittle over the middle, wide open, could have been like 40 yards, and Jimmy G just sails it over his head, right, early. And this team went up 17-7, to so there is a chance, there is a time during this game where they have the ball up 10 points with like the opportunity to like put their foot on the gas, but we know that's not their strength, right? So when they can't run the football, like you said, you put the onus on uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and we know he cannot succeed when it's strictly dropping back and having to throw the ball he's a big play action guy he's a big like pre-snap read guy knows exactly where he's gonna go but the minute you have to make him into like an improvisation like improviser like it's not gonna work well we just know it's not he has his limitations and so it like it was one of those things where the game worked in the 49ers script the entire way right like it's not like they started out hot but what i said last week was as long as the rams don't start out hot and they keep the keep the 49ers hanging around within a score or tied whatever it gives the 49ers enough time to like make a big play down the stretch that that becomes right. a different factor right difference factor and this that was this game right zero points in the first quarter right the 49ers going to half barely clinging to a lead so it's working in their script third quarter they score first at 17 seven all of a sudden so it's like beautifully written for the 49ers to now just run the ball a little bit and have yeah. some play action milk the clock etc but from that point forward they were incapable incapable of doing that because again the whole game they couldn't run the football so the touchdown they got was you know because of Matthew Stafford's interception and so it's like they were taking advantage of things and just letting the Rams hang around long enough to where that offense if you give them enough chances that's what you expect it, they've been that high powered all year and, and this is why I respect the Rams going to the Super Bowl that's why I like understand why they go because you saw the shift immediately coming out of halftime where they were just slinging it mm-hmm. like there were more downfield throws that drive than short throws mm-hmm. like he was just like he threw it out of bounds a few times you know more than a few mm-hmm. but the fact that they're willing to just crawl from behind they're not fearing this mm-hmm. defense that's been pretty stout over the season 
They were like, you know what? We have Cooper Cup. We have OBJ. Let's just freaking go. And then that go momentum just changed everything. Then the turnovers happened. And, you know, that's what you need. That's what you need to win a Super Bowl. It's like you have the Mahomes. You have the improvising quarterbacks. Then you have the Garoppolo's who don't even know what improvising no. is. And then you have the Burroughs and the Staffords. Like, they are not known for improvising. No. They're not known to be stagnant either. They make the plays when it's necessary. And that is the beautiful balance you need to, like, have your offense have a chance. Yeah, yeah. No, and kudos to the defensive line. I don't know if you guys remember the Aaron Donald. He's, like, giving the speech. And yeah. Was like that, yeah, oh, yeah. That big, they were losing. They he's were fucking losing. getting him fired up. Yeah. He's getting fired up. There's that big guy. I forget his name. But he's huge. <laughs> Kimbo Slice looking. He looked like Kimbo Slice. <laughs> he looked like he was about to kill somebody. Yeah. And, um, and, sh- and sure enough, after that, you know, the – um, I don't think the 49ers scored and they punted the ball uh, often, you know, like two yeah. drives straight. Mm-hmm. Last drive being the actually the last drive was the interception um, prior to that. So, you know, he just got the t- team riled up and the defense line showed up and was yeah, able to t- stop them again. What did why did Burrow win the intangibles? Why are the Rams ca- coming from behind when they're not known to come from behind the intangibles like your best player? You know, whenever imagine playing basketball when you're back in college and like you're losing, you look for your best player to make a play, right? Like you're like, how do you crawl from behind? You look at your best player. You look at their reactions. Even if you're not doing it purposefully, Mm -hmm. you're doing it, whether Mm -hmm. you know it or not. You're looking at your best player, how he's reacting. And then if he's freaking out, then you're like, oh, we are screwed. Yeah, we're fucked. If the best player's like, we got it. Don't worry about it. Then that attitude just spreads amongst the other 42. And that's what we saw with the Rams. That's what we saw with the, the Bengals have been doing that, right? They're just, that's why they're where they are. Like if they're not the best, they're not the fastest, their defense, not that good. But they just believe. They just know it. They're like, Joe Cool's got us. And they play for Joe Cool, and it works out, right? It's like the same thing on the Rams' defensive side. They have freaking two of the – three of the best players, three of the top five defenders that we've seen in our time probably, Like, which is crazy to say that they're all on the same team. But, yeah, they're media, the middle of the pack defense, right? Like they just don't throw to those three areas or they don't run to those three areas. But the other areas are exposable. But when you have a trailing speech done by the best defensive player – in decades. Ever, maybe. Maybe could argue, ever. yeah. You could definitely argue that. How do you not, as a team, yeah. rile up yeah. and be like, you know what, Aaron Donald? Yeah. We're going to go. Yeah. Right? Like we got you. We got you. Yeah. Like, And that's what you need. And that's what the 49ers, they just didn't, like, you know, when Kittle's not catching the pass. Yeah. And then Debo Samuel's getting, like, knocked out. Killed. Like, yeah. a, a lot of questions come up and the, the, the fear comes up. And then you have Garoppolo to, like, not yeah. calm any of that yeah. down. Who do you point to in San Francisco's organization if you're going through the exact same thing the Rams are going in this game? And that that's the great point is, like, I can't think of anybody, right? Yeah, it, it, would be, it would be Kittle or yeah. Debo, but yeah. Kittle... They don't use Kittle. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Kittle's become like an afterthought. So it's almost like, dude, like his leadership value is diminished just because he's not like he's yeah. not able to portray it on the field exactly. in terms of production that everybody else sees. And we know Jimmy G's not the answer. Debo may be the answer, but Debo's still young. He's still up and coming. And the dude was just getting like killed yeah. like brutally when they were running the ball with him yeah. and down the middle. So it's like then you look for like a veteran that's, you know, established, that's really good that you can turn to. And they don't have it. Who's their guy? They don't have a guy, and that no. that to me was, you're right, 100% the difference is the minute even us from as fans saw Aaron Donald Dude. giving a speech like that. Can when you you're imagine? The yeah. Be- like, that's, yeah, you're, that's like, you know, in this generation, LeBron James giving a speech, and it's like, dude, how the hell d- can you give anything less to the best player in, like, every situation when they're asking a little bit more from you, man? I mean, like, that's the that's the best way to do it. Like, imagine if it was Kimbo Slice-looking motherfucker giving that speech. We were all like, who the hell is this Kimbo Slice motherfucker? Yeah. And Aaron Donald's over on the side drinking water. If Aaron Donald's not bought in, who the hell cares what Kimbo Slice is right, saying, right? right? But Aaron Donald, right? The best player he's in football, arguably. Yeah, off. He's pissed off. He wants to go to the Super Bowl, dude. 
I mean, just major, major kudos. Yeah. They could have crumbled. They could have lost. Matthew Stafford, like, yeah, we shit on him so much. Ex-Detroit Lion, all this crap. But he made some big, big-time yeah. throws. There were a lot of throws that he made that he did not get help on from his receivers. So, dude, he just, when it mattered, the dude came up clutch. They need another Aaron in the offense. That's what they need. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, instead of? No, no, no. They just, you know, they've got an Aaron. Uh, in, like Donald? They've got, oh, oh. no, no. Sorry, the 49ers. Yeah, uh, Aaron, uh, yeah. That's what it is. Oh, right, dude. Hey, could you guys see? That? Sorry, yeah, go, go. No, no, go no, 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 go ahead. Go no, because this is going to go off on a tangent, but okay, I think you were going to say Okay, this is something. also kind of on a tangent, yeah. but it's within the same concept. Yeah. Okay, so you know how weird the NFL is? Like, it's so freaking weird, dude. It's like I was, do- I was thinking about this while I was sleeping last night. Like, how it does something to me, like, literally nothing can. Nothing can do this. So, you know, I've focused on either a lots of love for Burrow early you mm-hmm. know early in the season because you just see it mm-hmm. you just see it and i've shown a lot of dislike towards matthew stafford mm-hmm. but yesterday while i was watching the games i was rooting against burrow and i was rooting for matthew stafford like in what world does any of that if you translate that to anything else in sports or just real life yeah like how can you hate on something for so long and then be like you just flip a this, switch, flip all a switch. Yeah. but that's what the football that's what football does it's like you know any every like you said there's not three games to worry about it's yeah. one game and then it's the energy that you get from your whole team mm-hmm. so like it overpowered my uh dislike of Matthew Stafford yeah. like just seeing how the rams are coming back they kind of mm-hmm. like escalated towards the end of the season i was like that's a super bowl team right they have matthew stafford someone i've talked so much shit about all season long if not more than anybody else i rooted for that guy because i was like this team, as a team, they look like they could belong in the Super Bowl. And then I saw Joe Burrow, and I'm like, sixth seed going to Tennessee, going to the Chiefs. I was like, that's not looking promising if I'm choosing a team to root for or like a team that I believe is going to win. I was like, there's no way they can do that. And all of that, like all my thought process just intertwined and just made love to each other, and then we have <laughs> the Super Bowl. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a beautiful way to put it is – the emotions that can overcome you in these moments. Like, yeah, like I'm just like pertaining that to like the real world. Right. I I, I was trying to think of an analogy and this is like, it's going to be really bad because I haven't thought of anything. I'm just going to go straight off the cuff here, but it's like when you're dating somebody and it's like, you've already have this preconceived notion of like what you think that person is. Mm -hmm. You think like in one day you're going to flip a switch and all of a sudden be like, you know what? I'm actually going to date that person. Or like, you know what? Like you dated somebody and you broke up with them. You're like, you know what? I'm going to actually get back together with that person after like 10 months of like information that you have in one day yeah. or like in a moment you think that'll change. Not necessarily, right? Yeah. Like those are huge decisions that you have to make in your life that like I don't think one moment can impact that. And especially because the minute your emotions like come into play, you think about how it's going to impact you. But the beauty of sports and football is like there is no direct impact on the result to you specifically, right? right? So you are able to, like I almost feel like it's organic with your body or your brain. You're able to like have emotions overcome other emotions in moments where you may, may not have thought that could happen. It's wild. And that is insane because you're right. Matthew Stafford, we're like the biggest shitting on Matthew Stafford all year kind of people. Yeah. It's, it's, and then it's crazy how they're playing each other <laughs> in the Super <laughs> yeah, Bowl. Yeah. Like, what the heck? Yeah. You just got to appreciate greatness. For me, um, you know, in terms of the, I, I'm on Twitter and I see all these Steelers fans are like, how can you be a Steelers fan and go for Joe Burrow and yeah. Cincinnati Bengals? And you're like, 
for me, I'm like, you just got to appreciate the greatness that is Joe Burrow and that team right now. Like, yeah. how do you not root for that? Yeah, divisional matchup. But really, like, if the if the Bengals win or if they don't win, like, wh- how does that change anything for the Steelers? Yeah. They're just two, they're, they're two teams that are persevering. Like, you don't think the Rams are going to be in the Super Bowl. You yeah. don't think that the Bengals are going to be in the Super Bowl outside of their maybe fan zone. Um, but, you know, and they are. And so that's, that's fun to watch, and, yeah. the, and the outcome's going to be fun too. And another weird way this all played out is, like, the Rams built this for that moment. Like they gave up everything oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, to yeah. make it a Super Bowl, and they did it right. Bengals, on the other hand, it's all organic. Yeah, they have not spent any money yeah. to obtain players. Right, so completely it's like, different. Completely different. Pats. It's like yeah. the dichotomy in just how this Super. This is like that's why this is the weirdest just season overall. Yeah, so many things that you know you vision week two, week three, week four, week five. Nothing is what it seems like yeah. nothing. Yeah, it was like a team that completely rebuilt from the ground up, drafted a franchise quarterback, got a brand new coach, all this crap, to a team that literally said, fuck the draft, let's trade all of our draft picks for a bunch of stars and put a team together and win this way. And right. like they're both meeting, so it's like which formula yeah. is going to work this year? It's like freaking insane. It's wild. It's wild. I, I can't, like, I just don't have any words when it comes to this stuff happening. It's like, what are the odds of all of that all from from shitting on certain players? No, no. You, sorry, you just reminded me when you said, "What are the odds?" Is that uh, bet that you sent me uh, or sent us in the, on the group? Yeah. Of some guy figured out what was gonna be How the final does that score. Happen, what was it twenty right? bucks? Yeah, twenty bucks to win over half a million dollars. Diraj could never. <laughs> yeah. How many ten <laughs> team same game parlay props are you gonna hit, Diraj? For I mean that dude, I, I can't even believe that. Did and there were so many different. Uh, uh, iterations of that. One guy had the first game correctly, and the next game he had the exact same score, but he had the 49ers 20, Rams 17. Uh. So he lost. One guy had both games flipped. Correct mm. score. Like, dude, just the emotions that are going through your brain, and to get it right on the note. I mean, like, dude, that guy is tri- time traveling, right? How the hell? How the hell? <laughs> Did he put in, like, 500 different tw- hey, $20 bets? You know, even a blind squirrel gets a nut every once in a dude, while. Dude, a half a million dollar nut? Holy <laughs> shit, sign me up. That'd be fucking wild. Uh, that'd be the golden nut. Is I that mean, a big nut? Yeah, that's a pretty big nut, that's man. Pretty big nut. I-, I can show you some big nuts. Yeah, but so so so, there, so congratulations to the Rams. Congratulations to the Bengals. Two teams rising up through completely different storylines and structures and how they got to where they're at. They're going to meet for Super Bowl Fifty Six. Basically a home game for the Rams, right? In SoFi, in two weeks. It's going to be fucking incredible. I have no idea what to expect. The line already came out. Rams early favored by four points. Very generous to, the, generous to LA, uh, but who knows? Or any any really, really early thoughts, premature thoughts on the four-point spread. Maybe it's like a home field advantage. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be, right? To be, like, right? Like when you're playing at your own place, you expect all of your fans to not be able to talk the next yeah. day. Like, they have to go maximum, right? Yeah. You know what the Bengals did? Bengals kind of, they got bad juju on them right now. They did some stupid. So, what did they do? So the Bengals, um, like, you know, the mayor of Cincinnati or something, I don't know, something related to that, they canceled school uh, the following Monday, but that's not it. That's one thing to just do that. But the next thing is, you know, people are wondering why. You know, like, just to see what the, what the reaction from them is or why are they doing this. He was like, we expect a Super Bowl victory, so we want to give the parade. day off. Uh, we, they didn't say anything about parade. Uh, they just said, we expect a Super Bowl victory. So it's like, uh, don't put that out in the world. Things are going so that's great. That's what you call big nut moves right yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, big nut. Yeah, sure. 
Yeah, sure. I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a big superstitious guy because yeah. like that same thing in like a context of like Joe Burrow's like we expect to take a Super Bowl home to Cincinnati. We'd be like yeah. Joe Cool, you know, yeah, like because he's playing the game, right? Right. right versus right. the city, it's like yeah, you know, let's calm down a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Like, don't give your reason for what. Just, you know, just give first them. of all, I feel like the day after the Super Bowl should, should definitely be a, be a holiday. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of good, you know. If they win, then they need that day to celebrate. Of if course. they lose. They need a day to go. Mourn, yeah, mourn, hundred percent. So it works both. Yeah, days. it does. That's why I said just get the day off. Yeah, <laughs> don't go any further than yeah. that. Yeah, he had to be like big dick energy. He's like the first Super Bowl I've probably ever seen in my lifetime. Who knows how old that guy is? But um, I don't know. But it's gonna be exciting. It's it's hard. Like just it's hard not to root for Cincinnati. First time Super Bowl winners. It's hard, obviously, not to get sucked in and root for Matt Stafford. First fucking year with a team that was relevant and and a franchise that wasn't just discombobulated. And and this is the result. He's in a Super Bowl. So um, I don't know. It, it it's again great storylines both ways. You look at it. Obviously, we'll preview all that in- information yeah. uh, during the preview episode. But let's jump into studs and duds. My stud this week is none other than Evan McPherson, Mr. YouTube video, Mr. Kicking the Bottle Cap Off using your football guy. Um, you know, obviously you mentioned he had made headlines for being part of that trend, and now here he is kicking in the biggest stage in the world in the uh, AFC Championship game, goes four for four, uh, one of one extra points, 52 yards is his longest, and he has that game-winning 31-yard field goal. Ice in his veins. Shout out to him last week, telling Joe Burrow that they were going to win. I'm sure he probably said the same thing this week. I wouldn't put it past him. Guess so we're going to the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, guess we're going to the Super Bowl, Joe. And he's like, yeah, man, here's my cigar. So <laughs> keeping it cool. So uh, Evan McPherson, you are my stud. Congratulations, man. Great, great year. Uh, pro, I think he's either a pro bowler or all pro. I don't think they've determined all pro, but I think he's a pro bowler. So uh, kudos to him. Nonetheless, young dude, my dad, obviously we had touched on him. The dude that was the recipient of the perfectly placed pass by Matthew Stafford in the end zone, 39 yards dropped a beauty and Ben Skoranek with one of the, like, you know what that, Oh, I just thought of the other thing that the PFF podcast reminded me about. Troy the Williamson? Yes. He was like shades of Troy Williamson. I'm like, how the hell would anybody yeah. know that Troy yeah. Williamson drops no. passes like no. that? Christian Ponder. Yeah. Re- Williamson references. Yeah. That's way yeah. too in the weeds. That, so yeah, but that's exactly what that reminded me of. Cause it's one yeah. of those where it's like, oh my God, your hands are going up perfect. It's like clank. Yeah. Like it's like a really, really bad drop. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. it's not one of those where it's through your hands. It's just like, yeah. oh my God, your hands are like bricks. So, uh, Ben Scornson or Skoranek, Skoranek, you only get so many limited opportunities you're obviously the afterthought white receiver there with Cooper Cup already taking all the headlines. So, like, you need to take advantage of those limited touches, man. Perfectly placed pass yeah. by Matthew Stafford on the nose, and you just brick it. So, unfortunately, dude, you're my dud. Uh, you're my dud. Yeah. It's okay. very dudly. Yeah, definitely. Um, his hands are made of milk, dud. Um, <laughs> okay, so my stud is none other than Joe Burrow. I don't have any stats to give you. Stats don't even matter. Just talk to the guy, look at the guy, see the guy, you know, just – it's just fluid motions. It's just perfect football. He's a pocket pre- presence guy in a world of scrambling quarterbacks, yet he still finds ways to make plays with his legs in crunch time. So all that being said, beating a number one overall team, beating the best team in football, being here when you just you might be the comeback player of the year after coming through really bad injuries, like all of that, everything I said should not make this man be present in the Super Bowl. And yet, defying all odds, 7-0 and in his postseason career, in his lifetime, he's still the man. He's still the man, still there. And if that's not a stud, I don't know who is. Um, dud, we're going to give that to Patrick Mahomes. Dude, you're up by a lot of points. You have the best offensive football. You have the best coaching football to figure things out. And yet, 
just didn't even score a touchdown the whole second half. Got one field goal off. You crumbled. You fumbled the ball. You almost gave the ball. Like, you did everything wrong in the second half. Like, put any other quarterback there. That You know, they might have at least stood in the pocket and found some guys instead of running around like a chicken with a head cut off and averaging a, or getting a um, passer rating of 12 or whatever the heck you said <laughs> earlier. Um, so, yeah, all of that is very Dudley. Don't crumble under pressure, Mahomes. You're already the best quarterback in the league, and you're, now you're you're doing it to yourself at this point. So before we make headlines in the near future about how Mahomes is the new Aaron Rodgers and can't get here, can't get there, uh, you have to overcome this Dudliness. But uh, for now, you are definitely a Dud. Yeah, absolutely. Man, who would have thought Chiefs were going to lose that game? Who would have thought we'd be here saying Patrick Mahomes is the yeah. Dud <laughs> of the week? Dude, oh, my God. <laughs> Man, it's crazy. Um, so my stud for this week is d- going to be Debo uh, Samuel. Uh, although he didn't do it with you know the rushing yards, he still got a touchdown with his legs and that speed. Um, and he, he found a way to get to the end zone and give points to the San Francisco 49ers whose offense is lacking. And uh, But but Debo still does what Debo does. Um, so, yeah, Debo's going to get my stud for this week. Uh, my dud is going to be also a San Francisco 49ers. I mentioned him earlier. Um, cornerback Jaquiski <laughs> Tart. That guy, look, you know, the reason the Bengals win the game is because they get that interception in the overtime of Patrick Mahomes. Tyreek Hill probably catches that 8 out of 10 times, but he didn't, and they got the interception, right? So that was a deciding factor. Jaquiski Tart, for me, not being able to catch that ball definitely did not help their chances to win that game. So um, you got you to gotta come up with that ball. So. Yeah, there's going to be very few interceptions that are going to be easier than that one. Yeah. Like yeah. a lame duck, you can catch it like this. You don't have to put hands on it. Like it's no. as easy as it's, catching it's, comes. It's literally the definition of falling into your lap. <laughs> yeah. Like he's, he was even moving backwards. Yeah. It's not like he was running towards yeah. the ball, which makes it a little harder. Yeah. He was embracing the ball yeah. and he just let it slip out. He was doing his best Eli Apple impression. Man. Eli Apple. Yeah. yeah. Another, also another 49er who had a drop yeah. interception. No, that was he's, he plays for the Bengals. Oh, he plays the Bengals. Yeah. But oh, also did, have, did a have a drop. Yeah. yeah, yeah luckily, yeah. it didn't come back to bite his team in the ass. But um, yeah, those are our studs and duds. Anything else, you guys? No, I'm just yeah. excited for this uh, Super Bowl matchup now. You guys excited for the Pro Bowl? Wait, I'm excited for the Pro Bowl. <laughs> we got Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris. Oh, now that uh, now that Chase and Mixon are not going to the Pro Bowl. It would be sick if Deontay Johnson was also in that catching competition with Diggs and Jefferson, because then we'd all have like a weird. What is this? Interest. What is this like? Bring your child to work day. <laughs> Bring the receiver <laughs> yeah, that'd be insane. But yeah, yeah I'm excited. Cool. I'm excited for those individual drill uh, stuff. I think it's supposed to be Thursday night, yeah. so it's like on a random night, like this Thursday night. So I don't know what I don't know what that's going to be like. But yeah, the Pro Bowl, whatever, gives us a whole week to prepare for the Super Bowl, the big dance, and and inevitably the end of the season, as morbid as that sounds. Because I don't want that to end. I don't want yeah. this to end. I don't want that to happen. And so um, it's going to be sad. Yeah, yeah, but it's just gonna make the looking forward to the next season that much more special, right? So yeah. it's like we have all this fun time. It's probably good to get a little bit of sad time, just yeah. so we can enjoy the good time. Yeah, yeah. Even keeled, you know, you don't ride that high the entire time. Dude, I would, I would fucking my blood pressure would be <laughs> off the charts <laughs> if football was just twelve months year round. Um, hopefully, we still have content during the off season. Obviously, you know, we'll talk more about that as it comes. But um, I don't know. We'll, we're not gonna have a preview episode this week, right? Because right. the Super Bowl is next yeah. weekend. So we have, a, we have a bye week this week. Yeah, bye week. I don't know. We'll figure it out if there's gonna be anything yeah. that comes out. Maybe a fun game. Maybe something random. Who knows? But uh, thank you guys all for tuning in. Everybody that has enjoyed the only playbook this year, we cannot thank you enough. Shout out to Mime Dada, by the way. His Damn. team in the Super Bowl. Wow. Rest in peace. Yep. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, the last time the Rams, yeah, the last time the Rams won a Super Bowl, their only Super Bowl in their entire franchise, we were alive to see that already. Yep. Greatest show on turf. Yep. 
the Kurt Warners and the Marshall Falks, Tori Holtz and Isaac Bruce's. Yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> I know, but it's crazy to think that we have seen them. That's a long time ago, but that's still within our lifetime of watching football and witnessing a Super Bowl. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm going to start this bingo card of teams I've witnessed watch the Super Bowl. It's not a lot because, unfortunately, the Patriots, Patriots. won like majority of our Super Bowls yeah. in our lifetime. And the Steelers won twice. Yeah, and the Steelers won twice. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, it'll be exciting. Obviously, we might put something out. We might not. Thank you guys so much for all of your support. We're the only playbook. We will see you when we see you.